Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a bowl of butter, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus Speller and Jim Campbell's here. Hello. And Luke Moore's here. All right. What a thrilling three. It's the football ramble, ladies and gentlemen. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. And there is a bowl of butter on the table, Marcus, but don't put your hands in it because of the electronic equipment and all mm. that stuff. You You're know? damn right, yeah. baby. You're you damn give, right. Give it a good wipe down at the end. Oh, my goodness. More of a butter man than a margarine man, Jim. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, agreed. We, I think we all. I think that's a full house. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Well, that was, that was more unanimous than I thought. No, I'm with you. I'm with you when I was that. sweating last night in bed thinking, I wonder if they're more margarine. Yeah, I don't think anyone prefers margarine. Do they just sort of make do with it if there's no butter? Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm sure we'll right. hear it, but I think you're right. right As then. ever, answering the big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we talk about dem footballs? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've covered butter and margarine. Let's, let's go to the football now. Yeah, margarine Sorry, was yeah. comprehensively beaten. It yeah. didn't show any signs of a recovery, unlike West Ham yeah. in the, the northeast London derby. I mean, I spent a good part of this season so far saying I mean it's almost like managers don't listen to me <laughs> saying saying there's a blueprint there available for, for teams to do to have a bit of success against Spurs mm. um, fair to say uh, Slavin Bilic didn't bother with that well, maybe you can work out how to print it out no maybe you could to get a result against Spurs is of course play them at Wembley yeah, and West Ham well, said no 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 play it yeah. play it our ground we've got our own home of football because <laughs> that's how it works with the fixtures of course we've got loads in common we're having a nightmare at our stadium as well um, <laughs> yeah. the, um, it was a recipe for a draw this one when I pointed that out um, earlier someone said to me that you know it would be a brave 
manager to set up in that sort of park the bus type style at home in a local derby yes um, to which I, I responded well you can't really even open an evening standard newspaper at the moment um, without seeing that Billich is going to be chopped anyway yeah uh, he's under pressure as it is mm. I mean in a way in the situation he's in I think the end would justify the means people might have a bit of a groan when they saw the team sheet and saw how the team were lining up but if it meant they got a result out of it I'm not saying they definitely would because Spurs are a good team but um, if they got a result out of it some sort of result presumably the fans would be okay with that yeah absolutely I think it would be a few years ago they basically did a number on Chelsea didn't they Upton Park where playing in a very very similar way and the the fans were delighted that they they ground it out and showed some versatility but um, obviously it was a little bit beyond them at the weekend it certainly was yeah I mean Bilic did try and uh, um, mix things up when he threw on Andy Carroll that that was obviously an injury he to Antonio certainly mixed things up didn't made he? an impact yeah made an impact fair to say that the Antonio injury was a big turning point for the game it was it was because it was not really going anywhere in, in terms of chances and and who was on top and then suddenly Spurs scored two goals very quickly Harry Kane is clinical best I mean mm. Kane in that match I know a lot's been said we all know Harry Kane's a wonderful footballer but in, in a game like that when you see Kane with number 10 on his back stro- you know swaggering around, around yeah. swaggering is the yeah, word I'm yeah, looking for yeah. the way he took the first goal with, with the header and even the second goal was so calmly rolled yeah. into the net it was utterly glorious yeah. and, and I just thought to myself roll on the World Cup well, I mean, yeah, we need Stop it. All we need, I mean, Jimmy's right. All we need is ten more. Yeah, and, you know. that's why he's got ten on his back. Yeah, we're yeah. about we're about eight percent of the way there. Yeah, you know? um, I, I found I found the because if you look at the team, the lineups, I, I thought the obviously the front three of Spurs very very strong and Kane was had a fantastic time of it. Hit the hit the post a couple of times, didn't he as well? So he mm-hmm. could have had, I mean, could have had four goals. Um, and Ericsson is such a great player. We made the made the point on on the constant our European show about around the time when um, Barcelona were after Coutinho, we, mm. were, we were talking about why weren't they after Ericsson because probably would be a, a touch cheaper. Um, is in my view more effective. Sort of goes about his business a lot more technically and, very efficient. technically. Mm. Technically, the you know one of the best players in the world it showed that with and the way he took his goal. Yeah, the, the precision in that goal was amazing. It was it was like a threaded through ball just that happened to you know be aimed at the net. Yeah, well, yeah, what, yeah, absolutely. What, what I like about Garrickson, as I said to you, Marcus, at the time, he always just he always seems to make the right decision. Always seems to do the right thing. I mean, his, his record in assists and, and creating chances is phenomenal. But the, to, for me, the standout um, sort of story, or well, not standout story, but the interesting sort of um, narrative around those front three is, is that Ali, I thought, played a lot better mm-hmm. um, I know a few people I've seen saying you know it was more he's had his, his critics more, well he has had his critics this season and I wonder if that's because he said his head turned a little bit mm. I mean I read in the newspapers um, in the quality newspapers fairly recently so I think it, I'm fairly sure it's true that he's now potentially going to move agents we've seen um, Rayola sniffing around him and Jorge Mendes <laughs> sniffing around him we've seen him in marketing campaigns now he's definitely focusing on Brandelli isn't he yeah. Oh, yeah. At, at, probably to the um, to the detriment of his, of his performances this season I was chatting to a a Spurs uh, fan friend of mine who was saying, "Look, I think he might need a bit of a time on the bench, uh, just to, just to re- refocus." You but, would think. And it, sorry, just to finish, it was interesting to see him playing in the League Cup when a lot of the other players were given a night off and he was told to play the Carabao uh, Cup. Yeah, mate. sorry, the Carabao Cup. Yeah, right. forgive me, everyone. Um, and that that to me was mm. was a bit of a damning indictment of how he started the season. But yeah. I actually thought he did a lot better against West Ham. Well, your weekend you could do with a sip of Carabao. I could have done. I could do actually. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. <laughs> um, but surely then, if 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 Deli Ali is needing a bit of time on the bench or, or whatever was said by uh, Luke's source, um, Pochettino, you would think would be the man to 
to, to manage that, uh, Jim, wouldn't you? Because he tends to get it right. And, and, and the vibe at Spurs, I mean, he did say he was, he was in love with Harry Kane, so maybe he's not the right man, I don't know. I don't know, I think that's, uh, that's going to fill you with confidence if you're Harry Kane, isn't it? <laughs> Here's a question for you, Jim. Who's more in love, Pochettino <laughs> with uh, uh, Harry Kane or Pep Guardiola with Kevin De Bruyne? I Ooh. thought you were going to say Ronald Koeman and the ass. I don't know. I think <laughs> that's, although that's more lust at the moment. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, not, I wonder, that's probably yeah. not going to last as that, long. That's, that's, that's yeah. fleeting. That is a tryst at best. That's wrong, but it feels so right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I needed that, is yeah. what Koeman would have said. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think you're equal pegging if you're talking about De Bruyne or Pep Guardiola's love for De Bruyne. What do you think about the um, what do you think about the uh, Aurier sending off? I thought it was mildly amusing. But, okay. uh, the, the, no, no, I didn't think it was amusing. I thought that the first booking I thought was, mind you, it was for persistent fouls. This is it, yeah. So the first booking was, you know, was because of a number of fouls, and we we see those happen. The second one as well was just a little, it was just rash, wasn't it? It was absolutely a booking. The second one. The second so. one to me struck me as like he was still annoyed that he had been booked in the first place. And yeah. It was absolutely the wrong way to go about complaining about yeah. it because the first one, even though you guys said I, I didn't watch the entire game uh, in real time because I was away, but um, you guys pointed out. Rightly, that um, that it was a, for, for continual fouling, mm. but I don't even know if I saw the foul in it. It, it didn't yeah, seem. Like, it mean. didn't seem like a. I mean, it was one of those. To me, it's like. I don't know that's a foul so that regardless of what's been going on before I yeah. don't see how you can give a yellow card for the second one was definitely a booking I yes, think so yeah. I did yeah, All right, yeah, yeah okay. I think he and Carroll no, had no, a bit of a running right, battle yeah. If you, yeah you did yeah you changed your mind <laughs> <laughs> you've just, if you just screw on something no, else no, 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 that. leave that alone <laughs> that's fine, that's he, fine. He, he shouldn't, you can't throw yourself in like that when you're already on the yellow no. to me that's crazy you can't but, but um, on, on the West Ham side of it because obviously we can't talk just about Spurs even though they won the game um, West Ham Seem to have absolutely no leadership and no and no sort of direction because and and, and it's a, a a very fascinating situation purely because that's coming from the very top. Mm. The ownership is essentially informing the rest of, of the, what's happening at the club. Yeah, the dildo uh, brothers, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Thank, not not putting too fine a point on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, them. Um, <laughs> they um they um they they clearly are briefing against Billich. There's, there's all sorts going on. Um, West Ham, a West Ham pal of mine thinks that as soon as they get an offer for the club, they'll sell it and all the rest of it. And oh, you, you've been talking a lot to your pal. I know. You? Yeah, they're wicked probably, They've probably all been talking nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's hope you've got. Uh, but but but, but, it, but it is it is it is like crazy how they don't realise that continually doing this stuff only serves to undermine the manager. Mm. What mm. you need to do essentially is fire the guy yep. if you don't think he's up to it, or back him. This this halfway house isn't going to work for them. But do you not think they backed him in the summer? They gave him a bit of money. They, I mean, Javier Hernandez was obviously their big signing. Yeah, got big Joe Hart between the sticks. That's a problem as yeah. well. <laughs> but, but yeah, but the point though is is that, that they've done that. You know, stick to that. Don't you know? But well, when you say no. stick to that, I mean, well, as, as Luke says, it just uh, there's this air of uh, of you know. Billy has even said himself when the rumours start that your job's under threat that that's it. It's it's very very difficult to come back from it, and that's going to be the narrative for a little while. And they're not really doing much to dispel that, are they? Yeah, no, that that is true. They've DG. got some. They've got. <laughs> Um, they've, got some, they've got some reasonably winnable fixtures coming up. I mean, they, will they take any heart from the fact that they nearly got a point? I mean, when I say nearly got a point, they got back into the game. Yes, Spurs were down to 10 men. I mean, it was 3-1. Their, their, their second goal was a beauty. Oh, was, what a satisfying yeah. header that was yeah, for everybody concerned. Yeah. Oh, delish. Well, West Ham are at home to Swansea next time out. Then they go to Burnley, which I guess is tough. And then they're at home to Brighton. I mean... They have winnable games coming up, but they yeah. need to get some points on the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because well, as things stand, for what this is worth, which is yeah. actually nothing, they're in, they're in the relegation zone at the moment. Yeah, indeed. Um, Christian Eriksen, much was made of him becoming the highest scoring Dane in, in Premier League history with 33 goals, obviously overtaken 
Captain Nicholas Bentner. It was just nice to hear um, a mention of, of his name. Yeah. Well, we, we just talked about how much we rate uh, a young Christian. Indeed, I was mm. looking at the score, the high scorers from each um, nationality right. in the Premier League. Do you know who the highest scoring Scotsman is in the Premier League? Have a guess. Oh, don't know. Kevin Gallagher. It's not Kevin Gallagher. <laughs> Brian McClare. Uh, uh, big Duncan Ferguson. Cool. Okay, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, okay. yeah, I didn't think that as well. When I saw his name, I thought, ah, Duncan mm. Disorderly. Lovely to see him. <laughs> um, so, so there we are. But it was a good win for Spurs nonetheless uh, on the road. Yeah, oh. because, because I, I think there's a lot of factors into why Spurs might not have it all their own way this season. And I, and I yep. believe we're, we've already seen that to an extent. Mm-hmm. But they're still up there. I mean, they're yep. still mm-hmm. they're, what, they're fourth on the table. They're still they're not necessarily keeping pace, mm-hmm. you would say. But um, they're not they're not a million miles off, which would be encouraging for them. I mean, five points off the top or something. Le- Le- Leapfrog Newcastle. Yeah, and it's well, worth, well, yeah, it's worth a lot of teams did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of teams will. Yeah. It's worth remembering they had a pretty slow start last season, and then they went on a blistering run. So yeah. they're well ca- capable of doing it again. Um, Kane is the only Englishman to make it on the 55-man shortlist for the FIFA Pro World Eleven. I think that's uh, announced next month. I think we've done well there. I think we've done yeah. incredibly yeah. well. I think we're, we're making up making up almost two percent. That <laughs> you're welcome. The rest of the world <laughs> it, it was looking just good so, for the World Cup, isn't it, Marcus? Well, with Harry Kane in the side, yeah. you know, it might yeah. well do um, but yeah I, I, it was just nice to see that an Englishman's made it back on that list again you know mm. so hopefully hopefully a few more uh, in the I mean it's slim pickings isn't it it Let's is be very fair. slim Let's pickings you know. well, so yeah. I, I, I appreciate you looking on the bright side though mate I really appreciate that that's what I'm doing man um, Alvaro Morata he crushed Stoke City with his elegant ways and it was it was a glorious hat trick it really was it was delightful the first goal I just thought oh you Delicious so and so, naughty boy. Indeed, yeah. yeah. I mean, great ball from from Dave and uh, or yeah. Aspilicueta, as he's also yeah. known, and uh, a superb ball. And, and Alvaro Morata pulled out wide and then came back in. And as as many pundits were saying, it's so hard for defenders, centre backs, to mm. to track the runs of, of centre forwards when they do that. You know, Henri mm. was fantastic at that, of course. That's right. But the way he took the goal, it, it was. He, 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 one could be forgiven for thinking, oh, he took his time there and got his shot away. But the fact is, he had time mm-hmm. and he made use of that time. Yeah. And actually, that in itself shows you the composure mm. of a player like um, Morata to, to take the touch and to just calmly stroke it in the corner. Yeah. And, and and it was um, the first of, of three lovely goals. I think the, the second was a good example of that oh. as well because he showed so much pace and power to get through that defence. But then he slowed down and just sort of really deftly chipped the ball in. Like he, Again, it was a perfect use of the time yeah. he had. But but he had to think very, very quickly there. He he really looks like him. I mean, that was that was absolutely perfect centre-forward play, that, mm. that whole game from him, really. Indeed. It was perfect. And, um, yeah, spot on. My initial sort of analysis, or if you want to call it analysis, which people probably won't, of, of Morata in the Premier League was that he looked a bit lightweight. We said at the first, very first um, round of the season that he looked a bit, well, I think someone said he was half man, half cloud or something. But what, <laughs> what he is, is actually a very intelligent player yes. and, and a very classy player. And he has everything in his locker as well as a lot of composure and, he, and almost like ice in his veins as well mm. and we saw that at the weekend but this whole Premier League top scorer thing will be a really really great race this year because you've got Aguero uh, Morata and Lukaku all who seem just to be scoring every game in the Premier League mm-hmm. um, they've got um, six goals each were you forgetting at a 55th of the uh, shortlist yeah, quite the yeah, well, I was about to go on okay. to say of course Harry Kane after his usual sort of inexplicable August blip <laughs> is now coming up on the on, on the rails of course yeah. so he'll be a part of the conversation and maybe someone will come on to talk about a little bit more detail in a minute is for me one, yes. of the, one, one of the best um, attacking players in the Premier League so far this season Mo Salah of course Mo Salah don't forget yeah. Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. I would never, I would never forget him. Yeah, certainly not. And Jamie Vardy's got five, by the way. Yeah, big Vards could yeah. have had six. It's, 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 a, it's an absolutely packed potential list of Premier League top scorers this season, and that's something to be excited about. No Lacazette. 
Um, not so far, no. I mean, you know, he, I mean, he, he's not in there. He's got a few. Yeah, he's got two goals in the Premier League yeah. this season. Well, it's it's early days, though, isn't it? Better than one, isn't it? But yeah, Chelsea looked great, didn't they? I mean, they were a little bit uh, fortunate. Marcus Alonso could have been sent off at 2-0 and Stoke had the wind up their sails. Uh, but but when they managed to weather that storm, they, they just brushed Stoke aside. And as, yeah. and as you were saying, Jim, it was perfect forward play. And for a striker like Morata, when a striker just somehow finds time in front of goal to stroke the ball home mm. it's a bit like a midfield player when when they receive the ball and you always think they've always got space and time like um, I don't know at times Christian Eriksen but a great example would be Luka Modric at Real Madrid well, Paul Scholes was a great example of that right well. exactly yeah. always has space and time whereas when a striker gets himself into a position up front whether it's getting on the end of a long ball like he did with Aspilicueta or, or beating a, a defender and then finding himself in front of the keeper and having the time to steady Turn and shoot. Yeah. That uh, that is a sign of a fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a calm head allows you that ruthlessness, doesn't it? I mean, mm. if if you're calm and composed in front of goal, that goal is absolutely massive. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you if you're panicking, then the, then the keeper's massive. Mm. That's how it looks, um, at least. And looking at the back of Chelsea, just to flip, looking at their sort of rear guard as well. At the start of the season, we were talking a bit about um, how we thought it looked a bit light on numbers, Chelsea, and how um, we weren't sure if they had enough players in their squad, and defensively they looked a bit short. I mean, Aspilicueta, Christensen, and um, Rudiger played at the back three at the back against Stoke looked great mm-hmm. um, and, and talking the newspapers today has been that Gary Cahill may not play midweek in the Champions League and he can't force his way into the team so they've got they've got a good I mean all of a sudden it's almost like they've got an embarrassment riches at the back yeah. which it's so funny how quickly that can change yeah, around they've right. kept a clean sheet away from home Stoke okay they're not the Stoke of they were a few years ago at home well they've beaten Arsenal at home this they're season an all right, they're an alright team yeah. by any stretch they've got some good players Chelsea absolutely brushed them aside as you said I, I agree with your point about the 2-0 situation where it could have gone either way but after that Chelsea just moved mm-hmm. into another gear and they were able to more, yeah. more than capable of just casting them aside yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and you know very very early to be talking about um, the Premier League title race I mean last week you, you were mentioning how you thought City would take some stopping and we said well you know it's, it's a long way to go yet Chelsea are champions and they're, well, so and they're proud of it and they're going to be very much part of the conversation well, well I saw in the media that some were arguing that is there a new little top three developing in the two Manchester clubs and Chelsea it's I'd say it was early days and I yeah. think Spurs fans would be disappointed to hear that um, but you know it could well, pan they, out yeah like I mean that. they certainly look the, the three front runners don't they we've been talking a lot about how you know it's the, the two Manchester clubs look like the, the standouts but have we just have we forgotten about Chelsea because they lost to Burnley well Chelsea have yeah. been that simple I yeah. think so maybe I mean Chelsea are three points off the, the, the two Manchester clubs at the top of the league and Chelsea have played Spurs and Arsenal Man City have played Liverpool they had Mane sent off and, and that's but the thing is Marcus we've got to make the point about Man City is that people will say someone will say to you undoubtedly oh but Man City haven't really played anyone yet mm-hmm. well fine they've played Liverpool as you just mentioned fairly there they they have absolutely cast teams aside yeah blitzed they, them five, their, their results in September 5-0 against Liverpool you know, four 0 against Feyenoord, six 0 away at Watford, um, and then beat Crystal Palace five. Hodgson's Palace, Hodgson's Palace, no less. And the most important thing for Man City, if I may, I know we're talking about Chelsea, but is, is is not that they're scoring so many goals because they've got so many good forward players. They're not conceding goals. That's right. And I don't know if you can if you can necessarily say that many teams, even at the top end of the Premier League, will go through lots of games not conceding. It becomes about what happens when they do concede at this point, doesn't it? It's how they react to that when eventually, you know, they Probably do just score about have... seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, they conceded at Bournemouth. I mean, they. Do did go a goal down and they got it back just about in injury time Uh, but my point last week I think it was is that Manchester City 
they won't worry about defending because they're so overwhelmingly good going forward that when you're pressing teams going forward that much, defending is an afterthought. And I think that's what it will be. And when they play Manchester United, mm. that is the type of game well, Mourinho loves. He loves stifling very good uh, opposition going quite, forward. But the, the Palace game, just to re- just to sort of expand on that point, they had seventy two percent of the ball against Palace. They weathered an early so, storm. Well, sort of, <laughs> but they had seventy two percent of the ball, so they didn't really need to ro- worry too much about it, did they? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. That's the, true. Palace didn't have a shot on target, I don't think. And Palace have got problems because uh, is Benteke injured now? He is. Yeah, so they've got no recognised striker because Wickham's out and Remy's gone back on. Lo- on yeah, Chelsea. DJ, yeah. yeah. Well, Chelsea are up against Atletico Madrid and Manchester City this week, and Thibaut Thibaut Courtois, sorry, reckons that they're hitting form at the right time. That is a fascinating one when they play yeah. Manchester City because Chelsea, as we saw when they went away to Wembley at Spurs, are happy to go and defend and play a little bit more cautiously when need be, needs be. Manchester City under Guardiola, a bit like when Guardiola was at Barcelona, they're going to play one way. Yeah. One way! Mm. Or another. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to no, find just, you. Just they're going to find you. <laughs> they're going to yeah. get you. <laughs> they're going to get that three points. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, Everton got a big three points at Goodison Park, and it was Umar Nias, the forgotten man who became unforgotten at Goodison Park. He, he was signed for, from Locomotive Moscow in January 2016 by Roberto Martinez, and then he was told by Ron Koeman he was surplus to requirements. He wasn't given a squad number. Banished from the first team, playing for the under 23s, and this was based on on Koeman seeing Nias underperform for a for a half in a preseason friendly. It, that is that's what the story says. Do you, do you think that is the full story though? Because that does seem incredibly hasty, isn't it's it? Kuman Kuman himself has said pretty much exactly that. There is more to a lot of can what I people get, have said. Can I get confirmation that if mm. ever, when when Ronald Kuman's ever to win a game, they mm. are one hundred percent guaranteed to be in this show. Can I just get confirmation <laughs> from you on that? Just so the listeners know where they stand. Are you, and this is about Nias, this is not about Kuman, yeah. right? Well, I mean indirectly <laughs> about Kuman. It's not your story, it's Omar Nias's story. <laughs> It needs to be told. And Kuman is best supporting actor yeah. in that story. Yeah. Do you know that you know his kind of isolation was so much the case that he left the ground in a, in an Everton tracksuit because he doesn't actually have a club suit. They hadn't even given him one. My goodness. Wow. Okay. He needs one now. They, they, yeah. As we said a few weeks ago, they tried to offload him to Palace and they couldn't they couldn't agree personal terms, so he ended up going back to, to Everton. And, and obviously, <laughs> it's so funny how things turn around because Kuman's almost all of a sudden he's scratching around trying to get a win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do anything. Yeah, I'll take yeah, anyone yeah. on board. <laughs> But Nias is, is 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 a player who's never really scored goals in any great number. Yeah, and he went. Did he go for quite a lot of money to Everton as well? Thirteen point five. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, before transfer fees were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, yeah. Don't worry. It was there a bit of an context. eye-catching transfer at the time, wasn't it? It yeah. was. Yeah. But and he, he spent on, he spent a lot of time alone as well. He went alone at Hull, and I think Marcus Silva managed to get a couple of goals out of him there, and he mm. played a bit better under Silva when he came along. But that was a sinking ship, and, and of course it sunk to the Championship. Uh, um, but uh, Kuman was. It was interesting what Kuman said because one minute you saw quotes from Kuman and saying it was ridiculous that people were questioning my job and then another quote Kuman was saying well yeah he might have saved my job or something right. uh, it's, uh, it, it's but a what's bit Koeman confusing what's Kuman going to do though because I mean, you look at the team you played against against Bournemouth and, and obviously Nias came on and, mm. and saved their day really mm. I mean they were obviously a goal down I don't know what he's going to do because Nias is a forward a striker he doesn't start him he starts three players who arguably aren't really out and out strikers at the moment no. up front it seemed like he was trying to be almost like too clever mm-hmm. it didn't really work for them and you think well if he signed Sandra Ramirez but he's not playing him he's mm-hmm. not starting him and he's got Nias who he's brought back in from the cold who's, who is a striker yeah. uh, and he's an experienced striker I mean despite what I've said about him not scoring goals I think in his, he's in his late 20s now. 27 mm-hmm. yeah so what is Koeman going to do? I mean, he's got all these players in there. He's got um, Rooney, Calvert-Lewin, Sigurdsson and Klaassen all playing in the same team at the same time. You'd argue at least two of those players are playing out of position. 
So I don't know what he's planning. Well, he started with a back four rather than a back three. That was due that to was injuries. Yeah, OK, right. With, yeah. with Keane and, and, and Jagielka. But, he, but that's what I was suggesting. Because I thought to myself, when I saw the, the, the line-ups, I thought, oh, he's been listening. But it was actually injuries. <laughs> um, he did play back four, and that's what I, I feel that they should do. Then then a midfield three with um, Gay and Schneiderlin behind. And Klaassen, because we were talking about Sigurdsson and um, and Rooney. And so we forgot Davy Klaassen as well mm. in there. Uh, you know, that vying for that number 10 role so Klaassen was playing in front of those two well that's fine and then there was Rooney, Calvert-Lewin and, and Sigurdsson in the in the front three now Sigurdsson it, it's going to be difficult to fit him in Rooney like I say I think I'd like to see Rooney played in a kind of to use a hipster term false nine with, with maybe Calvert-Lewin on one of the wings and then if um, Lookman can come back I mean really yeah. it would be great if Balassi wasn't injured need, you, you know. think they need pace in their team I right? do yeah because they don't have much they don't have much pace they don't have, pace, they don't have much width either what about, um, what about Wayne Rooney He's turning into the Terminator. It was, it was terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. He, I mean, I don't know if there's any rule against wearing makeup uh, when you're a professional footballer. But if I was Rooney, I'd, I'd have like fake blood streaming out of my eyes <laughs> in every game. I, I was frightened watching it on TV. It was like it reached into my soul. There was that South American defender who used to try and wear goth makeup, wasn't there? That's, That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was able to get. I think he was playing like a South American lower division or something. Mm. So maybe you get away with it there. I don't yeah. even know if he got away with it on the pitch that often. But it's an interesting question. We should put that out to the listeners. Yeah, we certainly should. Yeah, there should be, I don't think there's anything in the FIFA laws of the game, to my knowledge, about yeah. it. Um, Do you think Wayne Rooney noticeably became more frightening to the opposition? Very much so, because he's very pale, isn't he? So that, that contrast right. was quite striking. He looked like he'd been directly lifted from a horror movie. Actually, Rushdie Rekbeck used to wear... Um, um, like American paint, didn't he? On his, yeah. uh, on his American football face, so. NFL, yeah, to yeah. stop the glare. What, um, what did you think about the incident that caused Wayne Rooney's injury? Well, people might say that was a red card, mightn't they? Because he's yeah. endangering an opponent and so he, well, on. Well, so quite, forth. yeah. I mean, it, it, but he's, not, he's not looking at him, is he? So it doesn't, it, it doesn't look like there's man- malice in it. As we, you know, we seem to have this conversation every every single time. I but think, I mean, clearly it's caused him some harm, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but we, we have this conversation with you, Jim, because you don't listen to what I say, which it doesn't matter if it's intentional <laughs> or not. He's, if he's putting his foot up there, it doesn't matter. To be fair, I think Jim was talking on behalf of those misguided souls. Yeah. Well, possibly. I'm using Jim as an outlet here. So Apologise to I'm, Jim. Right. Sorry, Jim. I'll be your outlet, mate. But if, it's all right. I'll if, always be your outlet. But if I walk down, <laughs> if I if I'm in, oh no, that's, that's a stupid. I was going to say something about a newborn baby getting kicked in the face. I'm Let's not, not do that. Yeah. Nah, I, I couldn't think of a way a newborn baby would be on a football pitch. So I've, I've sacked it off. You've kicked the baby out of the bathroom. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. I've overreacted there. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it's good that we've covered that definitively. Yeah, though, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, no. Sorting people in the face. No. All right. Um, and also as well, I, I think because Rooney's been back at Everton, he's been having a, a fairly nice time. You know, you well, forgot how a mixed bag off the pitch. Well, okay. I'm talking <laughs> about on the pitch. Um... <laughs> that's the thing, Mark. I, I think that that sentence there sums up everything that's wrong with English football. It's all right, Jim. Don't worry about Everton's crisis because Rooney's back at Everton and he's having a fairly <laughs> yeah, nice having time. Having and that's what we're all in for. Yeah. Human <laughs> in his program notes for the next game. I know we're not been doing very well, but Wayne has been having a fair. <laughs> Nice time. Isn't Wayne's, it a lovely story? Yeah. Wayne's having a fairly nice time. Can we make him have a nicer, nice time? Yeah. No, what I was going to say is that I'd forgotten what an angry face Wayne Rooney right. can pull. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I enjoyed um, Match of the Day sort of like obscuring his swear words in the highlights. Yeah. Not, yeah. not during the highlights of the game, yeah, but the, in them. the analysis afterwards, Occup- strangely. Occupational hazard. And it's yeah. well after nine o'clock. I like, yeah. I like the idea of Koeman doing a team talk with all, all the team apart from Rooney. <laughs> and he finishes his team talk and then he, he, he brings Rooney and he just sort of shuffles in in a tracksuit. Yeah. Yeah. with his head sort of down do it for him yeah. <laughs> make him have a nice time that's why we're all in he really needs it right yeah. now Nias was the only one that responded to the call he was I'll tell you what to, looking at the, some of the quotes that Nias said after the game he sounded very humble and very professional mm. for a guy who 
perhaps his attitude was questioned by Koeman. Yeah, it's in because Koeman's an absolute loose cannon. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to say anything before he finds himself on loan in a League One yeah. club. I mean, well, he's maybe. very much been humbled, isn't he? No wonder he is. <laughs> yeah. I think he should often ask a long weekend in that, uh, that Algarve mansion of his, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the last thing he needs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to, genuinely, could it just be that Nias is a very sort of basic, functional striker, and actually by accident rather than design, that is what the system that Kuman, you know, best has to play with suits. I, th- yeah. I think it comes down to necessity. If I were a manager at the top level, I wouldn't like strikers that didn't score goals. Yeah, and 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 Oman Nias doesn't really score goals. Really, don't often. be disrespectful. You've got to give him count. Oh, I will. Right. I will be disrespectful to them, and I have done for years. <laughs> But Nias has got a few goals already this season, and he has to be respected for that. But historically, he doesn't score goals, so it's not a huge stretch. It's like Occam's razor. The most obvious explanation. Hey, what do you say historically, did he not score a few in, in in Russia? Perhaps I think I think he's done okay. Not not in England, he's not scored hatful. I mean, he played for two seasons at Lokomotiv yeah. Moscow and got twelve league goals across yeah. those two seasons. Double mm. figures. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. I, I apologise. I apologise to many you. Games? How many games was that <laughs> in? Uh, how many babies did he kick in the face? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was his trouble, Jim. You leave Marx's Wayne out of this. Oh, <laughs> dear. I think we're, we're, we're going to have to uh, go to a quick ad break, but we're going to talk about Liverpool and Brighton after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It was like the part in the Red Sea. People just went... Bloop. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's now time for Correspondence with Jim Campbell. It certainly is. So, hey guys, you sometimes talk about possible changes in the rule of the game to make it more exciting, so I thought I'd contribute my idea. <laughs> do we, that? Yeah, Jim, well, do we, we do that? We drift across it okay. sometimes. Sometimes we, we get I mean, a little bit over the top about because there's nothing happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, not, let's do it again. It's not responsible for broadcasting. We're never going to be encouraging our what's, nonsense. What's his name? Okay, Faisal bin Jamil. Okay. Right, so, oh, Faisal's always easy. Money. He is. Friend of the Ramble. Um, exactly, there you go. Carry on. So Faisal says, what if, this is in reference to Jose Mourinho last week getting sent off for being on the pitch and our, our discussion of that, what if the managers were allowed onto the pitch at all points in the game with the sole rule of not being able to touch the ball or any players? Picture Tony Pulis screaming at a defender to get the tackle in, Conte on the corner of the TV screen hurling instructions to players, or Koeman legging it up the pitch to keep up with the counter-attack. Your yes. thoughts? I'd enjoy that. I'm for Pulis, it. Pulis is absolutely the, the box office example um, there. That would be magnificent. I'm for 
saw it, and it reminds me of an incident in the Bundesliga a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you guys saw it, where I think it was did Hoffenheim beat Bayern Munich? I should yeah, know. they did. Yeah, I th- I th- I'm pretty sure it was them. I don't know if you saw it, Jim, but there was a, a situation where Hoffenheim scored a goal, and at the time there was um, another ball on the pitch. Right, and people were, uh, I guess, Bayern Munich fans, and possibly even Bayern Munich played. In fact, I think a Bayern Munich player came out and said he wasn't aware that this was the rule, uh, the law. The, the, the law is apparently another ball can be on the pitch as long as the referee doesn't deem it to be interfering with play. Right. So technically, you could have footballs all over the pitch. You could have but uh, they multi-ball. So maybe, I don't see why if you can have that, why well, you can't have it with managers. Yeah. But I suppose their definition of them being on the pitch, the very reason for it would be to interfere. But they can't touch. Well, it's, it's perhaps to encourage. You know, it's, yeah. it's down to those managers to have oh. that interpretation, isn't it? Maybe on a segue if they're getting older. I love, I love a how segue. we do like a good twenty-five minutes of decent football chat, and then we just completely undermine ourselves for the next ten. Yeah, I would, I would tell this chap to go and have a look at Notts County yeah. because Kevin Nolan's player manager there. They've just got to the top of the league, yeah. and and so if he wants managers on the pitch, well, the player manager is clearly what this man wants more of, and I think there's something that we all want. But unfortunately, the demands of the modern game—it's not as common as it was. Yeah. Think G- about game's it. gone, isn't it? Think about this, right? Gianluca Vialli, right, great player in, in his day, was player manager for Chelsea. Yeah. Can you imagine Chelsea Football Club having a player manager now? That would be great. It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? it really it? is great. Think about that. wasn't that long ago. Glenn Hodder was player manager at Swindon in the Premier League era as well. Is that right? He was. I think possibly, maybe even in the first season. I think it was. He not player manager for Chelsea. He was definitely well. player manager for Swindon. I don't remember what division they were in, but he was player manager for them. Yeah. Yeah. He got Swindon got promoted to the Premier League. I don't think he stuck around. I remember, actually, it. I think he might have played at Fratton Park, and they would have been second tier at the time. So right. I don't know if he did it in the top flight. He was Sweden, even so, well, it's, it's, it? it's just a fascinating thing we seem to have lost. I, I'd like it though if him, every time Palace had a set piece, Hodgson would run out and then arrange. Them, like he does in training. Yeah. I think that would be wonderful to see. It'd take him about two minutes to get on the pitch. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, segue. Yeah. We've got to move on from this, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're undermining ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah, allow me to segue. So, um, <laughs> Dominic Foote's been in touch. Um, oh, footy. Ramblers, about 15 years ago, me and my mate Andy visited the brilliant and beautiful city of Krakow and had an absolute mm. ball. One evening, we decided to take in a game at the local club KS Krakowia. Uh, in a move that took us completely by surprise, during the halftime break, Aston Villa supporting violinist Nigel Kennedy oh. was unveiled to a quite frankly uninterested crowd. Right. The crowd, and us to be fair, didn't know what to make of it as he stood in the centre centre circle with an Aston Villa scarf tied around his arm, shouted, Go Krakowia! Then pre- proceeded to play ten minutes of music from his new album over an absolutely <laughs> dreadful tannoy system. Public address system. Yeah. It was truly bizarre. I guess we will never know how many albums the famous Fiddler sold as a result, but I, can, I can't help but think it was probably zero. I'd love yeah. to think that the, the Polish people in the crowd when he was doing his new album, they're going, Old stuff! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play the hits <laughs> well we've got more on incongruous uh, celebrities being unveiled at football teams in uh, in the hearts of the week later so yeah that's that. great. I've been to that stadium but, but Nigel, Nigel Kennedy, Kennedy wasn't there he is, a, he is, a, he is a pre- I'm pretty sure he's a bona fide Aston Villa fan yeah, well, he's a, he's I think that's fan, what's yeah. in question no, he's, probably, he's probably doing so, uh, a concert there or something wasn't he? yeah it must have been something like that but it's, it's still a bizarre way to try and drum up a few extra ticket yeah. sales isn't it yeah I, I like so. it I, li- I, I like it as well uh-huh. I, I endorse it got yet another one about you got to keep your eye on Nigel Kennedy because he's always on the fiddle Jim He's got a lot of strings to his bow. Yeah, very much so. So got some more, got some more of these bizarre um, unveilings. Oh, this is from Rick Fry. Um, he says, on the recent talk of bizarre slash tenuously linked football ground unveilings, I thought I'd reel off some of my favourites from being a West Ham season to get hold of for twenty years. Oh God, strap <laughs> yourself in, right? Is one of them Slavin Bilic? No, I mean th- th- there's, there are some surprising ones in here, right? Elijah Wood, both during and post Green Street filming. That's that makes good. sense. That makes yeah, sense. That though. makes sense. But it's yeah. good, isn't that? That's that's a big yeah. one. Pixie Lot, last season performing your new single. 
Louisa Johnson, don't know who that is, sang at Mark Noble's testimonial, and this is a dig, not sure which bit is more laughable here, right? Uh. One pound fish man, remember the one pound fish man no. who sort of went viral? Oh, the YouTube guy. Yeah. yeah. So he appeared at halftime, not only to be introduced, but also to perform his viral hit, One Pound Fish, <laughs> uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh, at home to Fulham talking. in the late noughties after being invited as a guest of Kieran Dyer's. It was unveiled at halftime, <laughs> the reaction amazing. being mixed with apathy and humour. That's from Rick Fry. That's magnificent, isn't it? Absolutely magnificent. What a mixed bag. That's Fantastic! You keep those coming in. Yeah, I, I think show at the football That's great. We've got some more coming up in the highlights of the week, but I'll leave them in there for now. Absolutely um, superb. It's, it's a real, it's a rich, it's a rich uh, seam to mine. That mm. is, I think. We've sort of just, I, don't, I don't know who Louisa Johnson is. I'm not sure, but I just like the Mark Noble dig, so yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to read it. Yeah. You think <laughs> you'd think something like Stone Cold, Cold Steve Austin being unveiled at West Ham would be something just everyone remembers? There's yeah. so many of these that are so strange. Um, it's quite West Ham for a 20 year long season ticket holder to be having a pop at the captain and for having a testimony. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand what the, what the motivation for that is. My goodness. Go. Uh, but one of the games of the weekend was uh, Leicester City at home to Liverpool. Cracking. Yeah. Enjoy one from the King Power. The reason that was one of the games of the weekend is because Simon Mignolet is a total liability. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He reminds me a little bit of when Gomez was in goal for Spurs. Now, Gomez yeah. obviously in goal for Watford at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, He's got the best uh, penalty save ratio of any goalkeeper saving over 30, 30 uh, facing 30 penalties. You wow. see, that's amazing. Oh. And that sort of feeds into my point because yeah. Gomez, when he was at Spurs, was it was box office stuff he yeah. just he was very very erratic but, but Mignolet's quite, got quite a good penalty record as well though. he does yeah I was watching Mignolet and golf for Liverpool in that game was like basically going to Covent Garden to watch a juggler you know what I mean yeah. yeah any any place where there are street performers <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Um, but Philip Coutinho was back and, and, and he scored a beauty he did and he set, he, you know it was a pearler of a cross for the first goal too he, yeah, it's, yeah that's really important to get him integrated as, as quickly Indeed. as possible his head was obviously turned quite a lot yeah. but well, it seems well, to have Liverpool been turned released, 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 released like correspondence with Barcelona and was shown to be telling the truth about the whole situation mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that Barcelona came, well not a lot but some of the Barcelona stuff that they claimed was proven to not be true so at Liverpool it looks like play with a totally straight bat mm-hmm. Coutinho which, which was nice to see hmm. but um, I'll tell you now I don't want to get too dramatic about it but this defending thing from Liverpool <laughs> that's going to do for Klopp yeah. long yeah. term that is going to do for him and we said on Friday's yeah. show all of us in this room now said they need to score three goals to win a game mm-hmm. and what's happened yeah. exactly and they only just did it because of the penalty save exactly. who would have thought Mignolet would be Saint and Saviour that day but it, but he the, wasn't Saint and Saviour at, at very well, best okay, they okay. are neutral at, at best he is neutral there <laughs> okay, he's, he's flapped at one for the, one of their goals yeah. that penalty was absolutely ridiculous oh yeah he yeah. gave it away didn't he yes yeah right yeah. 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 Very bad. he, was, he could have been sent off there you, you see that he could have I've, broken the guy's pelvis what I've done <laughs> Jamie Vardy you can't break Jamie what Vardy true, yeah. what I've done is I've isolated that incident I've obviously been there's been a lot of propaganda from the Mignolet PR machine and it's yeah. affected my brain <laughs> which you're vulnerable to indeed yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was the only one at that hearing yeah. but um, I, the thing is with Liverpool now is Klopp will not be able to wait for January's window to open up right the difficult thing for Klopp and Liverpool is everybody knows that they're terrible at defending yeah. so when they go in for Van Dijk or whoever it may be this time they'll be held to ransom the, the, yeah. the great thing with Liverpool though from a neutral point of view is they are really chaotic at the back but they're also devastating on the counter oh. so it just makes them so much fun to watch but you can't yeah. counter-attack if you actually concede it starts with the centre <laughs> circle again. Well, this is. The, I think I made this point last time round with with Manchester City. Manchester City obviously have got a better defence than Liverpool. You know, you look at the personnel; it would suggest well, that they, they, they keep clean sheets at the moment. But they keep clean sheets, and also 
They've got a decent keeper you, by the looks of things. But also, they're so devastating going forward, they just pin the opposition back. So they don't have to worry. I mean, you remember when Guardiola was in charge of Bayern Munich and, and, and obviously Barcelona, as we often mention, sometimes they'd play with like two at the back. I mean, it was essentially sort of a, what would it be, a 2 5 3 or whatever the maths behind that is. But you Liverpool know. can't do that. Whereas Liverpool can't do yeah. that. And, and they're great going forward. And Mo Sally, you've already mentioned, is, is, is among the goals well, he's been, again. He's been one of my favourite players to watch going forward in the whole league this season. Yeah, but I just wonder that the, the Liverpool back line, are are they getting enough protection? No. Well, no. The, but as in, you've the got answer the, is no. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're, they're also not very good themselves. <laughs> yeah. so it's quite a potent combination. Well, if they're not that great, you need to protect them. And that is yeah. the problem. that They are they are um, able to be got but at. They play, well, they play Chan, Henderson and Vinaldum in front of the back four mm. against Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, and um, Lovren, I mean, I don't think Klopp wants to play Lovren in the Premier League. Every time he seems to play him, he seems to make a mistake. He's played, mm. he's used him a lot more in Europe. Mm. I know they had, um, I think they have, might have had availability issues with injury and stuff. Mignolet, I mean... Mignolet is not good enough. We talked a couple of weeks ago about um, Mignolet. It felt to me like he was he adjusted his role a little bit and he'd been given a bit of a narrower remit not to do crazy stuff. But then this game, it seemed like he's off his line. He should have stayed on his line for that penalty when he gave the penalty away. <laughs> he flapped for their other goal. I think it was their other goal. The first goal. Um, the, sorry, the first goal, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, again, like aside from Mignolet, that was just an, another chaotic set piece that led to them conceding. But he's not even picking Mignolet consistently. He picked Carriers the other week, didn't he? Without yeah. sort of any really ex- real explanation. I just think Klopp, because this has now become a media-driven thing, that this could do for Klopp long term. I'm not trying to get dramatic and say I think he's a good manager, and I think hopefully he'll be successful there because I think he's good in the Premier League. But I think long term that it has to be sorted out because everyone knows about it. They've conceded the most goals in the top half, even including Watford, who got spanked six by Man City. Yeah. Um, so they were yeah, back to winning. Ways. It's worrying times for them. Yeah, worrying times for Leicester, Jim. I mean, they've, they've four points from six games. They've had a few difficult matches, but they do need to start winning games. They've got Bournemouth, West Brom, and Swansea next. So. They are winnable games and they are scoring goals. They've, yeah. sc- they've scored a few goals against Arsenal. They scored obviously a couple against Liverpool. I might have had another one had Vardy not have been a bit predictable with yeah. his penalties if you look at them. But what do you think of Leicester? I think the thing with Leicester is that, you know they, despite you know them having lost a few games um, and, and not having as many points on the board as, as you might think, they've looked confident in pretty much every game they've played and they have played well. And I just mm. think they they will start picking up. They'll get their slice of luck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're sort of set, readjusting to the level that you would expect from them now. Like obviously, the insane <coughs> title-winning season and the relegation scare last season, which was was you know a knock-on effect of how bizarre that whole situation was. I think they they will be a sort of solid mid-table team for a while. They're in that phase, and mm. I think we're going to start to see that from them a bit more. So and now they've not they've not got Champions League football this year. Mm. They can concentrate on the league. Yeah, exactly. I might, I might be wrong, um, but off the top of my head, the only game I can think of them not actually competing that well was the Man United game. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty badly outclassed weren't they I think from memory but other than that I think Jim's right well done Jimbo Um, let's go down to Brighton they got themselves a priceless win against Chris Hewton's old club it's always Mm. pleasing for Chris Hewton isn't it when when they beat Newcastle because of the way he was treated there Um, (laughs) it's always worth reminding everybody uh, get the digs in before Pete gets back yeah, well, people join in. If anything, we've taken the foot off the gas. I, I, I didn't actually see this game. You're gonna have to excuse me here. Not chat. at all. Not at all. Tom, Tom, Toma Hemed, sorry, yeah. got the goal, and uh, he's led the line well for Brighton so far. He could be in trouble. For he's them. just been charged by the FA. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I it broke 
about an hour ago. Stampy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, he stamped on uh, DeAndre Yedlin, and they're going to lo- they're going to lose him for for three matches now. Now Brighton might struggle a little bit because yeah. he has led the line. Um, they tried to get Vincent Janssen in the summer, um, but the, but the um, but the, but the deal didn't go through. Well, he, he, he scored at the weekend in the big uh, Istanbul derby, didn't he? Yeah, five he men did. sent off. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Barbel was also. Among yeah, the we goals. should cover that on the continent this week. Yeah, we'll definitely look at that. There. Um, Glenn Murray, who's picked up an injury already this season, he says he wants to make up for lost time in the Premier League. He didn't feature against Newcastle. I think Murray is uh, fit now, um, but so he could come in there uh, playing for Brighton, of course. But uh, he, he, who else have they got? Like Isaiah Brown. That's it. Is it? They're a bit light up front. Brown, yeah. This is the, this is the point. Uh, but they did get a big win, and I think the supporters know that every point and every three points in the Premier League mm. is huge. You, you saw people talking about Brighton being like an FA, you know, a cup final yeah. kind of atmosphere. They were very nervy towards the end of the match. Well, Luke, your man Pascal Gross put in a fantastic ball that ended up leading to the goal, and he and Knockart have got that. They've got those little bits of quality that might that yeah. might nick you a point or edge you a win, and that's that. I think that's going to be a huge. Gross is one of those players that, that long term ramble listeners will know that I'll bore every listener about now for the rest of the season because I said at the start of the season I saw him play. I th- he looks like a player who can do a bit of everything, and, and he's settling into Premier League life now. Knockout's a great player anyway. I don't know why I called Izzy Brown Isaiah Brown. I feel, I feel like a bit like one of his yeah, parents. Fine, or <laughs> like you're telling him off. Sadly, Isaiah Brown. <laughs> Sadly, I am old enough to be one of his parents. Indeed, yeah, but it was a good win for Brighton nonetheless. Well, they, they just need to stand the league, don't they? Basically, yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly it. Um, Newcastle put a bit of pressure on them at the end. John Joe Shelby made a difference when he came and nearly scored from a corner. It's rare John won't get a mention. Yeah, from from spells. This in. is the thing with John, though, isn't it? It's quite you know, he quite often nearly scores from a corner or mm. nearly scores from the halfway line. It's or like, gets sent uh, off or, or says something. Yeah, well that's naughty. it. It's all it's all box office mad stuff. Yeah. Isn't it? The universe almost has to write itself whenever John Joe Shelby does something quite good, mm. and they'll just do something horrific Absurd. to make up. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, a bit. Of a shame. And by the way, bearing in mind we are actually talking about him nearly scoring it, not, 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 not <laughs> even the match from a corner. Yeah, well, it didn't happen though, did it? Yeah. No, but it's still quite impressive. If, if, mate, if you nearly score from a corner, you've just taken a corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, then, yeah. fair enough. Um, Yossalu missed a great chance. He'll do that. He'll he will. To know, and, and Hesse didn't play very well against Chelsea, either, did he? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. smart on you, mate. Yes, yeah, the other, the other side of the, uh, oh, the Pascal you, Gross coin, you right told here. Us, didn't you? So I've you just told us. I've just, I've just remember our distinct lack of tweets from everyone this weekend. That's all. Yeah, the wins are wins are win. Yeah, uh, Brighton player Steve Sidwell currently out injured. He was telling tales of uh, a one Felix McGat oh, when he was at Fulham. This was on um, Radio Five Live. Yeah, Sidwell currently sidelined. Should be back in about six weeks, hopefully, and that would be a plus for Brighton, of course. Um, but when he's fairly was... evergreen, isn't he, Steve Sidwell? He is. Yeah, 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 yeah. still very sprightly. Um, How old is he now? Do you know? Is he 34? Yeah, must have got around that. In his 30s, yeah. Ex Chelsea man, of course. Yeah. Strange to think that. Ex Arsenal as well. That is even stranger. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Um, Ex Real Madrid as well. You wouldn't think that. (laughs) Um, I I don't think that. (laughs) You know that. Um, uh, One particular story that he told about Felix McGat and Fulham was when Fulham had a poor result on the road. Some of you would have heard this, of course. Um, And and Felix McGat called the lads into training the next morning at 8 a.m. on their day off. Now, that's annoying for players. Yeah. Uh, But if the manager feels that they need a bit of a whipping, then then obviously he feels that's what they need to do. Sidwell said, said that um, Al Felix asked the players to line up in the positions on the training field so they got into their formation probably I don't know 4-4-1-1 or something right. like that and then Felix said because you didn't want to run around yesterday you're not going to run around today blew his whistle and they just stood in silence for what Sidwell reckoned was about 40 minutes that's amazing he said there were some players with gloves on and Felix was like you can get them off right now <laughs> <laughs> it was a cold day <laughs> but 40 minutes standing still doing nothing must seem like yeah. an absolute well, age Sidwell was saying you were like you were like trying to look at other players out the corner of your eye trying 
trying to get eye contact, but nobody yeah. was. They were all looking forward in the formation. He said McGat was walking around the pitch every now and then, stand around, have a look around, and then walk a bit. <laughs> that is brilliant. I would have just gone into my office and had a cup of tea. Yeah, I would yeah. have done. Yeah. Um, this is a man who won the Bundesliga title yeah. not that long we ago. Managed Bayern Munich. Yeah, you know um, that that bringing players in the next day after a defeat. I, yeah. I, I once um, heard a really fascinating. Uh, uh, Bit from Sir Clive Woodward, the guy, mm. the, the coach who won yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rugby World Cup in 2003, and he said that he he f- never understood that. And so uh, when he was coaching, he flipped reversed that. When when a team when his team had a really good win, he would bring him in the, the next day. In, uh, instead, to really extend that feel good factor, mm-hmm. and if they had a really bad result, he would actually give them a day off unannounced to get it out of their system. Uh. And then re- so, so Sir Clive Woodward, who's a very sort of successful coach in his own uh, sport, interestingly enough, thinks that you should do totally the opposite to that. Yeah, almost yeah. like you're trying to instill some sort of team spirit. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Did you hear the Bread of Hangeland story as well that was doing the rounds? Oh, rubbing um, the cheese on his yeah, leg. Yeah, but it wasn't oh, just that. Was that. Years ago, wasn't yeah, it? but it, it sort of surfaced again now. Right. But apparently, he had a dead leg, and, and Felix McGat said, um, you be he had treatment he was going to have I think he was going to have some blood drain from it by the, the club physio or something and apparently there was a new the system where, where um, McGat said that he'd have to rub cheese on his leg and then call his mother um, because the love he felt for his mum and something in the cheeks would create a reaction that would help him heal quicker yeah. some, some I mean, insane he shouldn't like be that. working in professional school <laughs> won the Bundesliga <laughs> I was yeah, going to yeah. say this is a weird thing blind squirrels are nuts in my opinion <laughs> yeah. that's a hell of a nut to stumble yeah. upon isn't yeah. it though my goodness it's not the only uh, honest story we heard on radio uh, recently I didn't hear this of course I read about this um, uh, perhaps uh, some of our listeners will be au fait with Happy FM in Ghana right mm-hmm. a joyous listener of I'm course. assuming um, well this was very very interesting indeed because Alhaji Babagedo the president of second tier Amadeus Professionals uh, in Ghana again a team that uh, we're name. all very mm. familiar with it's a great name for a team he was discussing um, some refereeing standards and whatnot. and it's a, it, refereeing standards will always be discussed no matter what league you go yeah. no matter which country so on and so forth and and then he was a man who as I say he's a president of a second tier side so he's got a bit of standing in the game a bit of importance and you think I wonder what sense you might be building up the same thing mate <laughs> I used to pay countless fat bribes to referees <laughs> oh my god here we go <laughs> not just skinny ones fat bribes let me, put, let me put my seatbelt on <laughs> now I'm ready <laughs> but I've stopped now that's uh, good yeah, fair enough because I didn't benefit from it Oh, well, right. okay. You sort of popped yourself on the moral well, high ground. Has he, then... has he found that other people are bribing more? <laughs> well, he went on to say, you pay the bribe and the referee will still go ahead and rob you, which means he also collected a bribe from your opponents. That's what pissed me off. You've got no cause to complain. Yeah, he, no. Was on, he occupied the moral high ground and went tumbling back into the no, valley. No, he didn't occupy the moral high ground. <laughs> he, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, come on. He's he opening gambit is yeah. I used to pay them fat yeah, bribes, yeah. yeah. But clearly other pl- other teams paid them uh, fatter yeah. bribes. I'd like, you, I'd like to know what world you're living in, Marcus, where owning up to a, an actual crime is occupying yeah. the moral high the, ground the best you can offer that is that he's been honest but he's only being honest about his own dishonesty yeah, yeah that's because he's nowhere for him to go because it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> and it's pissed him off yeah. <laughs> what am I to do yeah. more of this guy oh, I feel not sorry for him no my goodness yeah well that's uh, a wonderful admission there um, we're going to talk about some local derbies after this 
If I had 99 more England caps, I'd have had 100. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Do not forget the preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Friday. And our man in the hot seat got his bet spot on. Yes. Step in, James Short. Go on, James. Step back into the fold, into the Ramble bosom. You're still in the hot seat. Um, those of you keen-eared enough to remember will know that um, James tipped Watford and Man United to win both away from home and they did oh. uh, Watford bounced back and Man United beat Southampton at Southampton as we talked about last week Southampton can't score at home and so it came to pass again Watford was um, a very late winner as well yes James Short has raised £263 for Prostate oh, UK. same again on Friday please um, I look forward to, to what is better the week's going to be on Friday with uh, with Bet365 it'd be great if we can get a double because yeah. we haven't had a hat-trick yet yeah. but some including our own Luke Moore were very close mm. yeah I, I, I tumbled down yeah but you went Bad for it like I you say went, you went big yeah. you tried to get effort. and you... then I went home yeah. <laughs> 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 wonderful stuff uh, in Sheffield we saw um, the Steel City derby between Wednesday and United back after about five years yeah. or six years was it Sheffield yeah, I, United I, have been out of the championship I sort of lobbied for this to go in purely because I really want to take the opportunity to say that Chris Wilder has done an absolutely incredible job as a manager I mean the guy the thing is he's not like a new up and coming young well, I suppose he is sort of new but he's not a young up and coming no. manager mm. so I believe he's a Sheffield United fan he he's, he's living the dream now oh, yeah. but everywhere he's been he's done a fantastic job so he, he got Oxford United um, um, promoted back into the Football League mm. he absolutely walked League 2 with Northampton Town mm. um, when Portsmouth were in it as well they were by f- head and shoulders above um, above anything else in that league and now he's doing an absolutely superb job at Sheffield United they've just beaten Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough 4-2 in, in the Steel City Derby as you just mentioned and they, they've got a really good chance of being promoted into the Premier League this season which that's a bold shout Luke I think they have got I've, I've, just because I think he's such a good manager they're fourth in the league um, and they're two points off the top. Didn't they? I mean, they came up from the championship last season. Yeah, they were pretty, yeah that's what. So you're so saying two promotions they, in a row? I mean, that would be something. To, fi- to finish off how good Chris Wilder's um, uh, managerial career has been last season, they got Sheffield United promoted back into the second tier, and now they're absolutely flying again. I mean, that that would be remarkable. And and, and, and do you know what? I'd love it. To, I'd love to see that happen. I would too, and I'd love to hear from some Sheffield Wednesday fans about how Carlos Carver House doing because I've heard few rumblings that he might be for the chop soon we don't have to see that but they've not started very well by their own standards I mean they've been close under him they have been close and I think that's the problem some are saying that they in the big games they they struggle a little bit stagnation there mm. yeah, yeah do I, I love I, I love the Steel City derby though it's, it's one of those games where the atmosphere is always amazing it's like it adds a yard of pace to every player on the pitch <laughs> yeah that's what a derby should do shouldn't yeah it? absolutely the first goal was a belter by the way it's, from it's a sort of game that um, that some like Kevin Nolan shouldn't be anywhere near <laughs> Kevin Nolan <laughs> yeah do you remember when he remember when he um, he was captain in West Ham when they played Millwall and he was sent off after like five oh, right. minutes so yeah. I thought you, I was thinking Sheffield derby no no it's that type of game you know did I mean? he do a glum version of his chicken dance as he went down the tunnel? Oh, I can't uh, remember. I assume look, he did. The man is currently top of. Uh, I'm going to say yes. The currently top of the division that he's in. Yeah. Currently, like, get off yeah. his back, eh? Hey? Yeah, he can't do any more. Knox County, yeah. very well. Are we going to bring? Are you about to bring Chris Sutton into the mix-up? Well, uh, via the, the old firm, <laughs> don't I think yeah, Chris Sutton's about to be brought into the mix-up. <laughs> Chris Sutton was involved in the mix-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, there. Brendy Rogers got himself another old firm win at Ibrox. Celtic unbeaten in 57 domestic matches. The way they're going, it'll be 100 you know, yeah. soon enough. Although, will Rogers still be there? You know, by the time they get... Well, got I had a really good chat with uh, on, on the radio last week about this, about how Brendan Rogers clearly 
I mean, Celtic are a, a really big club. We all know that. Yeah. The European Cup winners and all the rest of it. And, you know, and they've achieved a great deal in football. And, mm. and, and, and no one's in any doubt about that. But there is an element in modern football when you agree as a manager, an ambitious manager, to take a job north of the border. Certain amount of, uh, of a deal with the devil that comes along with that because people might try and denigrate your achievements. Mm. They might not take it quite as seriously sure. had you have been successful in, in the Premier League, for example. And But Rodgers is quite an ambitious and for ambitious do read egocentric mm. man <laughs> and so you can understand why he wanted to go there because they're such a big club yes. but but the reason we had the ch- conversation on the radio was because it, we, we were sort of debating whether people in England think that he's achieved enough or whether, whether it would count for anything and whether he's achieved such a great deal that people in Scotland think he has and you've got experience of, of growing mm. up in Scotland and, and supporting football in England as well so do you think he'll, he, he will get a bigger job back in back in England because if it wasn't the, if it wasn't for the Liverpool <coughs> thing I could see him popping up at someone like Everton mm. probably probably nowhere, nowhere bigger than that yeah, but I wouldn't mm. be outrageous to have a club the size of Everton being managed by him would it? Yeah I, no you're right I mean I, I don't know about Rodgers I think this is actually a little bit different with regards to what he's achieved at Celtic because if you look at some managers who've gone to Celtic um, I know he wasn't um, a, a British manager but Ronnie D- um, Daler Daler yeah. that's yeah, how you yeah. pronounce it sorry I mean that was he was pretty rubbish let's mm. be honest and Celtic still won the league fairly handedly you know you, you, they don't need that much coaching but what Rodgers is doing at Celtic is they're playing great football yeah. and actually they are dominating they are completely but, dominating but, I know it's against PSG but they, they got yeah. pumped in the Champions League Absolutely. Uh, they did, and, and I think I mean they're playing against PSG but you're right I think that is um, that's the measure though is it not that, that will probably be what Rodgers will be measuring against himself yeah. is the Champions League and, and, and if Celtic can have a good Champions League campaign which they have done Martin O'Neill you know, has a good experience of that with Celtic. Then they'll be able to do something. I think, though, that that people will see the way Celtic play. You know, the way he's got Scott Sinclair playing again and all that kind of stuff. It is an achievement, and I think it's a bit of a shame because Celtic are such a massive club, as mm. you say. The difficulty for Rogers, though, and I think Gordon Strachan may have said this when he managed Celtic. He sort of said afterwards. Now he did go on, and I think he managed Middlesbrough, and obviously now at Scotland, and maybe one or two others. I can't quite remember. But he said after Celtic, where'd you go? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's difficult because there you are playing in front of you know 60,000 something like that of passionate support you know a club with a rich history and a fantastic support you know it's 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 uh, it's an amazing club mm. one of the biggest in the UK easily mm. uh, but unfortunately your achievements aren't um, they're not they're maybe not recognized enough for you to be able to have a step step up is that yeah, fair? Sure, yeah. Um, but I think with Rogers, I think this is different because someone like Gordon Strachan, I think it was always going to be a, a sort of a, a, the very best, a sideways step. And in terms of quality, you could say a club challenging for sort of mid-table in the Premier League would be a side stays, sideways step or something like that. But I think I think Rogers will be okay. I really yeah. do. I, th- I think it'll my... be what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be okay. What about that Chris Sutton tackle, though? Oh, Come on, we, we've got to mention the game, though. The real stuff. Let's get into the real stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, uh, just quickly. Okay. Celtic, they were absolutely brilliant. They dominated, and, and they're just a cut above Rangers at the moment. Rangers yeah. can't get anywhere yeah. near them. Um, but there was a moment um, for... Well, I was going to say the Rangers fans to save, and it was another moment for the Celtic fans. It was fans just to enjoyable. Save. It was, just it was when enjoyable. Uh, one of their players um, uh, accidentally went in overzealously to the ball, and he managed to upend his manager Pedro Cushinha. Yeah. And this was recreated on BT Sport. Yeah. Chris Sutton was walking around the pitch at Fir Park, just reflecting on the weekend's action. And uh, former Motherwell player Stephen Cragen in, in his shirt and trousers. That's what I love but about this. What I love about came it is, out of nowhere. What I love about it is that is that clearly. 
Chris Sutton was in on it, yeah, and it was a, it was a staged thing. Yeah. But then what Stephen Craig did is he went in so hard yeah. that Chris Sutton just wasn't prepared for how hard it was going to hit him. I can tell you from the experience of Pete doing exactly this to me last season, that still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, Chris Sutton slide tackled on live television, but it was it, it was perfect. Oh. Like it, 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 was it was great, great. to watch. It was very, very satisfying. I, we, 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 we've had our, had our, uh, our, our ups and downs with old Chris Sutton, giving him a bit of stick. We, mm. I like to think we give everyone a bit of stick, really, don't yeah. we? I, I've got no problem with Chris Sutton, really. Um, and, but it was still very, very satisfying to watch. It would have been satisfying to watch if it was anyone. It's anyway. just funny because you know it's going to annoy him so much. It's going <laughs> to. There's probably no one else you could, you could, you know, do that prank on that would annoy them well, anywhere I, near when, as much. When I first saw it, I didn't think. Oh my goodness, that's that stage. I thought that is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Or Chris Sutton's really pissed him off. Yeah. And Craig has gone, no, oh, I'm just going to go for it, you know. Yeah. Whereas, of course, in Switzerland, that did happen. Did you yes. see this one? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the president of Sion. Uh, is it Sion? Yeah, FC Sion. Yeah. FC Sion. They used to be managed by Gennaro Gattuso, did they not? Oh my goodness. I believe yeah. they didn't. An ill fated. And they're still there. Yeah. An ill fated reign that was. Yeah, Christian Constantin. He was um, very angry with a commentator and former Switzerland national team manager, Rolf Fringer. So he attacked him. Um, this was, okay. uh, you know, during, a, I don't know if it was during a match or if it was during a stop of play or something, but it was certainly in the stadium. And apparently Fringer had criticised Constantin earlier in the week. So the president of this club went over, gave him a bit of slap and around, pushed him over and said, now I've sorted that out. I grabbed him and kicked him in the backside. When you're attacked, you have to defend yourself. Yeah, we've got to be careful because we, we we don't want to incur the wrath of someone like that if we're, we're a bit too rude. Well, is, mm. I love the fact that the, the irony here of Constantin saying, when you are attacked, Attacked, you have to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah after I mean, just attacking a man. Presu- yeah. Maybe this is advice to his victim. <laughs> Come on, yeah. if Fringer had a. Oh, you got. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Let's, let's not get in the ins and outs of it. Let's go to the highlights of the week. We'll look more. Yeah, we'll do a few quick ones because I think we're coming up to the end of our time here, aren't we? So um, I'll, I'll try and squeeze a few in. Joshua Milton. Hi, Joshua. He says uh, my highlight of the weekend was Tranmere manager Mickey Mellon claiming Wrexham playing with ten men for seventy-seven minutes actually made the game harder for us. Unsurprised. Surprisingly, this is not the same stance he had on the occasion we've had a player sent on. <laughs> Tramir Roves, of course, are down near the bottom of the National League, sadly, at the moment. Um, Sam Cooper, I'm a poor student who streams most of his games, and before the Brighton-Newcastle match, I was treated to a panel of Keys, Gray, and Ali McCoist. Pre-match analysis included Key's disliking of modern kits, some Brighton facts gathered off Wikipedia, and how hard it is to be a mascot. Safe to say, I will never be watching that again. When I read that, I thought, sounds quite similar to the Ramble, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fairly similar. Um, Oliver Memories Bailey. Yeah, well, here he is again. He did a big Facebook comment about how pleased he was to be announced as a friend of the Ramble, but it's way too long, so I'm not reading now. Yeah, um, uh, He's not a friend anymore. So no, yeah. you've, you've relinquished. <laughs> we're we're going to take that back. Yeah. Um, Tom Whitaker, um, incongruous celebrities at football matches so based on what we were talking earlier a bit more of an extension on that Burnley's turf more has been graced by such luminaries as Big Brothers remember them oh spelt Big Brothers this is Big Bro taking over the show that was them wasn't it I think you got Um, the melody wrong but yeah that was it and the X Factors Chico right Chico time. It was Chico time. And mm. um, particularly enjoyed Chico's rendition of its Chico time, sure? during which he cleverly changed the words to it's Burnley time. So, <laughs> somehow, though, we avoided the points deduction from the Football League. Was it Chico Sanchez Flores? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Allardyce just laughing. Um, <laughs> and uh, Steve Barron, just, just uh, actually uh, chiming in on what we're talking about. Uh, we touched on earlier uh, 11 cards 5 red sorry 11 yellow cards 5 red cards and 2 penalties in the Fenerbahce Besiktas mm. match in Turkey and guess what Pepe didn't even get booked what yeah. I know he's let himself down stuff. there 
Yeah, oh, before we go, actually, um, final mention on just a quick uh, mention on the Joey Barton, uh, Kevin Keegan story from last week. Oh yeah, a lot of people got in touch to say that Barton was actually <laughs> sent off at half time, so there's no way Keegan could have feasibly yeah. seen it. I don't care, but, like, <laughs> but like, that makes it even yeah, better. yeah. makes none it even better. None of us care. <laughs> the fact is, Keegan gets him, gets his players in at half time. He goes right tactically. I know what we're doing. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And a man gets sent off after the whistle. Yeah, no other manager has that. It's great. Oh, marvelous stuff. Any more for any more? That is everything. We are done, of course, until the preview show on Friday or on the continent on Wednesday, Wednesday if yeah. uh, European football floats you, your football. You have to subscribe to that separately, so check on the continent um, on iTunes. Uh, it's Marcus, myself, James Horncastle and Andy Brassel every week covering the biggest stories from European football. Search on the continent from wherever you get your podcast. It's a beautiful listen. Yeah. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.